You're listening to the Win Build Send podcast, a podcast focused on evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. I'm your host, Gabriel Menchaca. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Did you feel like you were deprived, like, from, um, I guess, everything? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, growing up, you know, the 90s and, like, early 2000s, it's like, rap music was from the devil, you know what I mean? Okay, like, yeah, yeah. especially in, dude, Latin America. Except we, for Frosty, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, Frosty was the, actually, <laughs> we were, religion. Yeah, no, I know, actually, we, we, in Nicaragua, we were the first church to bring a rap you know, artists. Oh, and really? Everybody condemned us for oh, it. Everybody wow. said, okay. that church is from the devil, blah, Who's blah, blah. Artist? Frosty. Wow. You, <laughs> you can talk to him about it. Frosty he made, we, we did some shows. the reputation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he was, no, he was awesome though, dude. Yeah, yeah, like, I believe We it. did some outreaches and everybody just started coming, bro. It was amazing. This is Gabriel Chaka and this is Baruch Sanchez. What up, what up? Coming from Vienna, Austria into Germany through Nicaragua originally, now living in Fullerton, California, is that right? Actually in Huntington Beach. Huntington Beach, California. Yes. Okay, the party city. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about missions, we're talking about um, uh, him, we're talking about his, uh, his dad, the stuff going on in Nicaragua. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about that? We have two orphanages, a clinic, a school, a youth compound, and I'm sure churches. So yes, we have a few churches out there. Also, one in Honduras. Honduras, nice. And uh, we actually opened a TV network, two TV networks actually, one in Honduras and one in Managua, well, outskirts of Managua. And the point of that was to reach more people via TV. We can reach 600,000 to a million a month. Wow, I didn't know you guys channel. had TV networks. Yeah, we opened That's it a couple years ago. So, how long has your dad been a missionary in Nicaragua? Um, I think officially, let me say, 25 years. But he was uh, originally from Nicaragua, but went to the States. No, no, no. No? no? Okay. He was actually uh, born in America, okay. East L.A., then got involved with the Communist Party at age, I think, 16. Went down in Nicaragua and fought in the Civil War. Wow. Yeah. He was a revolutionary atheist, of course, you know, mm-hmm. communist. And then uh, my mom was originally from Nicaragua. So okay. Long, okay. Yeah, long story short, after the war and everything, he stayed doing business with the communist people out there. And uh, my mom was a famous singer, so she sang at the Camino Real Hotel. And uh, he would stay there on his trips and then saw her sing and then <laughs> basically took her away from her boyfriend. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know your dad was from East L.A. Yeah, okay. dude. So then... Um, but his parents are Mexican. Okay. So that's how he kind of got involved with, like, you know, revolutionary thoughts and stuff. I remember your dad telling a story of um, he, was, he was taking some guys, they were, uh, I think, to be executed. <laughs> and um, uh, one of them I'm not surprised <laughs> but one of them was like staring at the sun until like his eye uh, his pupils turned white or something like, that. <laughs> like 
Like he was telling these stories and these guys are in the last minutes of their lives and like yeah. he had just never seen men act that way because yeah. you know they were they were ready to die, and I just I never forgot that story because I was like Man, that's crazy that's that's insane yeah like, I think I might have heard that one he's got um, a lot of those <laughs> but yeah so he was a uh, I remember last time we talked to we were talking about how he was a, a good friend of my uncle Joe and, yeah um, I think if now you can correct me if I'm wrong I think. My uncle Joe was the one that led him to the Lord. Actually, it was Pastor Mario Moreno. Mario Moreno. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And then um, I'm not sure how they got connected, but right away he got connected to your uncle. Okay. And then okay, because so Mario Moreno was actually his business partner who would uh, um, kind of witness to him at work. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah he, my dad had a jewelry uh, business out here. Yeah, California. Yeah, a couple of jewelry drug front, right? I, I probably. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, Pastor Mario would always ask to pray for him, uh-huh. and my dad would just get out his dollar bill and say, "Like this is my God. This is what pays for my stuff. This is you know, wow, what provides for me. I don't, I don't need your God." Until he was dying and didn't sleep for like forty days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. But that's a crazy story, though. Crazy testimony, and I think maybe hopefully I'll have him on, and he can share a lot about that. Yeah. But how long have you been in the States now? I have like a year and a half year and a half. in LA. We're actually in Frankfurt, Germany right now. So yes. we just it's we like met up. It's like 2 a.m. Yeah, it's like 2 a.m. We met up at the train station, <laughs> came home. And um, yeah, now we're talking. But um, yeah. And you're your um, worship leader? or what are you, Yeah, you? music director. Music director at yeah. Firehouse Church. Yes, sir. With Pastor Fernando. Yeah. Yeah. How's that going? It's going great, man. The team's growing a lot. The church is doing great. So my job mainly is like to equip people and you know right now I was here in Europe doing worship trainings and yeah you know worship development classes and kind of showing the ropes of you know what we do and stuff. Yeah. How'd that go? How'd the worship? Oh, really good, man. You did it, it was, in Marlboro? Or? Yeah, we also did it in uh, Rottweil. Rottweil, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a couple days ago. It was crazy. Yeah, there's some awesome. good dudes in Rottweil. Yeah, it was some, uh, David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> David's awesome. Yeah. Mike, um, all those guys, and the pastor Stefan was awesome too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it was really really cool. So I'm actually planning to come back in a few weeks. One of the areas that I want to kind of like touch, touch on is um, growing up, on the, we would say mission field, but <laughs> but I think were you born in Nicaragua? Yeah, I was born Nicaragua, Managua, the Baptist Hospital. So then it was it, we we would say mission field, but it was home. It was home. It was home. Yeah. Although, yeah. it did feel like a mission field because we would come every year to the conferences. Oh, yeah, yeah, The whole yeah. summer. So, yeah. we got a taste of, like... The conferences <laughs> were the best. in and out was, like, yes. in, <laughs> being in California, which yeah, would have been home if not for, yeah. you know, missionary that, work. Yeah. <laughs> it was a sacrificial life. Yeah, exactly. Could have been living the dream all it's years. Like, yeah. Um, Could have lived in Hollywood, but no. And then, so how was how was life in Nicaragua? In compa- let's just say in comparison to the states, like was it? Oh man, it's totally different, bro. It's okay, like, so like, you know, it's third world country. Is it? So Although some people think third world means no electricity, you know, but mm-hmm. it's not like that. Like we have a you know very awesome you know city and mm-hmm. you know that's just a small portion of it, you know. But the majority of the country as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, besides the capital city, you know, all the outskirts is like living on less than two dollars a day you know just very very poor um there's not a lot to do 
There was a bowling alley, but it closed down like 10 years ago. Wow. So, uh, yeah, there was not much to do. And, you know, being a missionary was like having church every day, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. You know, all even on the family ministry. day, which was Monday, all of the church would come to the house. Oh, And wow. we'd have church, too. So, yeah, it was just church every day, all day. <laughs> Did you ever feel like um, it was too invasive? Um, like no private life? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, just because the town was so small, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... How many people? I'm not sure. Pretty small, though. Okay. And uh, I'm terrible with numbers. Okay. (laughs) But, like, you know, being the pastor's kid, you know, everybody's got their eyes on you all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, that didn't help either. (laughs) That's funny. You know. (laughs) You're under the spotlight. Yeah. What what, what were some highlights of living there, though? Like, what was some some of your favorite stuff? Yeah, your favorite things. Top three. Oh, man. It's tough. It's like picking your favorite song. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I love the culture and the people and how open people are to the gospel. Okay. When we would do our outreaches, people ask you to come into their house. So, you know, they offer you food. They. So, to number those, culture, people, and the. The culture is to, to the gospel? Well, I want to say that as one. Okay, that's all one. Okay. Yeah, just like the culture, yeah. Yeah, the way they the are. People, yeah, they're just very open. You know, if you ask it, you know, if you want to pray for them, they'll say, yeah, not. Nah. I feel like in America, most people just ignore you or like yeah. they'll just shut the door on you. Not everyone, but um, just like if you were just on a regular neighborhood outreach, it's you know, is it, not the is same. Is it because of their um, background? Like, is um, like, is it, it could be, background? yeah, it's a very Catholic background, okay. but I just think because there's such a big need, yeah, people are looking yeah. for answers, whereas in America, people are more comfortable and think they got it all together most of the time, so, um, although I do love America, you don't get it yeah, wrong, yeah, yeah. America's home, yeah, <laughs> love so, it. I love the people in America too, I'm just saying, it's very different than the culture in Nicaragua, yeah, whereas yeah. it's more family oriented in, you know, Latin America in general, and people are just very open and new friendships and very yeah. hospitable you know in See, every area culture people openness to the gospel yeah um, one of my next favorite things would probably be the food the food really <laughs> it's so good man yeah well I mean obviously it's very it's, it's not the healthiest it's a lot of fried is it close stuff. to Mexican not at all not at all not it's uh it's his own thing it's not spicy it's just like fried bananas with fried cheese and Whoa. Chicken, yeah. Well, plantain, not banana. Oh, yeah, yeah. Plantain. yeah, yeah platanos. Yeah. Um, a lot of yuca, um, which is like a root. Yeah, yuca, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Salad and pork and, you know, it's a lot of good stuff. I remember my dad... We eat a lot of cheese and tortillas. <laughs> but I remember my dad going to Nicaragua and he brought us back these two boxes. And they look like um, junior mint boxes. Those <laughs> But inside were uh, crickets and ants. Oh, yeah, exactly. And it, I just remember them being kind of salty. Yeah. Like peanuts or something. Yeah. yeah, I never really got into that, but I did a scorpion and a, like a lollipop once. Yeah. And a, I think a cricket, too, at one point. <laughs> okay. So yeah. people, culture, people, Yeah, the culture, the food. Let's see, one more thing. Um... My favorite things, oh, man, it's just so hard to pick. Um, maybe like the community with like um, 
the fact that every it's a small town, so most people know each other. Oh yeah. Okay. So like, if you need to get something done, you know the guy who gets yeah. it done. Yeah. You know whatever you need, and um, you know if if you're outgoing and kind of popular, you know you can get your way around the city and like get things done faster. Make and, connections. Like, yeah, get into concerts for free or. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Okay, so let me just kind of recap on that. Yeah. So you had the, the people, culture, openness to the gospel. You had the food. And you had the, the sense of community yeah. in the city. Yeah, exactly. And so um, those are your favorite things about living there. And this was Managua. Managua, yes. The okay, capital. I'm saying it wrong. Managua. Managua. No, you're good. Okay. So, Managua, Nicaragua. So, um, <laughs> you're growing up there. It's your home. Yep. What about other missionaries and well, other missionary families? Did you ever come across yeah, them? all the time. Well, the school I went to was an American school. It's called oh. Nicaragua Christian Academy. Oh, Represent. Okay. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was, I think, 90, 90% missionaries. So, 90%. All, my, all my classmates were missionaries. It was a small school. It was about, say, 250 in the whole oh. school. So, like, my class had, like, 20 kids. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so, so it was a small school, so everybody knew each other. Everybody was really tight with each other. It was a Christian school. So, um, a lot of Koreans, I don't know why. Like, yeah. 40% Koreans. There's a lot of missionaries. Yes, I think Korea man. is the country that sends some of the most missionaries I in think the world. currently, yes, they yeah. are the, the most... Missionary sending churches. I think so, yeah. South Korea, yeah. Yeah, South, of course, South Korea. Oh, well, yeah, we, yeah, I guess. No reason, no <laughs> We'd be out. lying if we're like, yeah, North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> They're blessed by Kim. Yeah. <laughs> 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 before. So, he sent support. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, no, okay, so um, these other missionaries and their family. So, yeah, they're, they're really cool. Um, I guess everybody was just, you know, very different. Um, most people were, uh, you know, just doing the regular thing, doing churches and uh, trying to help the community. Everybody, so a lot of people did a lot of like, um, like shelters, you know, for people. So it was a lot of humanitarian stuff. Yeah, a lot of like nonprofit work. What about church planting? Was that church planting? Um, I think if we can be real, mm-hmm. most of the missionaries that come to Nicaragua and like from experience from us. Or I like to call them piggyback missionaries. Piggyback missionaries. Like, let's hop on somebody else's church and say it's ours. Oh. <laughs> you now, know what would, I'm saying? Would they, would so they like, the church, literally do that? Or we, like, yeah, yeah, like, we had people come to our church and, mm-hmm. you know, take a couple pictures with, you know, black kids and then say, hey, you know, we, we're in Nicaragua. We, you know, this is our church. Wow. You know, send support, you know, because... God's doing great things here. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, like, not even giving us photo cred. <laughs> we, we had a situation... You know what I'm saying? Similar to that. Where we saw a misrepresentation. Yeah, let's call it that. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think uh, um, yeah, piggyback missionaries. Yeah, that's what I like to call it. I think so, my dad came up with that term. He's like, I'm sick of these piggyback missionaries. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's it's the the new best you know job like you you come into Nicaragua all your stuff is paid for, and you just find somebody who's nice enough to let you take pictures of like their stuff you know and then so they were more like <laughs> you felt like it was more like not like all of them okay but, a lot of them uh, or I would say a lot of them were yeah weren't really you know so doing what they say they did and this is but totally... the, but the church planning was happening but from inside of Nicaragua. Yeah, like yeah, from yeah. the churches, you know, there's a lot of church planning. 
Um, but I wouldn't say that a lot of missionaries came and made their own church. From yeah. my whole school, I think maybe two of my like friends from like the whole school, the parents actually had a church, and they were from Nicaragua. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yeah. So yeah, for people listening, we're speaking on this as number one pastors' kids, but also like involved in ministry our entire lives. So <laughs> still involved in bit, ministry. Yeah, yeah, we're still involved in ministry. <laughs> so if it sounds a little abrasive, we apologize. But yeah. um, just, you know, we're not trying to sugarcoat anything. <laughs> yeah. So then in, in the in the beginning, you guys are there, you got the ministries going, and then um, the connection to Praise Chapel, uh, what did that look like? Like coming into the states to like visit the churches, go to the conferences. Yeah, it was awesome, man. Like some of my best memories are you know coming to the conferences and also mingling with all the other, you know, PKs. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know that's most of, most of my friends now like or you know, well not most of them but a lot of my friends even around the world you know like I'll go to Mexico City and visit like you know Christian Rodriguez. Yeah, you know <laughs> he he's always like. Chilling with me, you know, he comes out. Yeah, I love that guy. Um, you know, and that's product of, you know, the conferences and just yeah. hanging out with other pastors. I'm here with you right now yeah, because of yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. You know. What was so, what was your favorite conference? Can you give one? Favorite conference? Oh man. I would have to say probably two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. This was at Palm Springs. Do you remember the name of it? Um no. All right, so big shout out to uh, uh, Adam and yeah. all the guys who put the conferences together. But it obviously it was encouraging. Yeah. But was it also a little depressing because you had to leave? Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like the whole year I'm looking forward to it, and then the conference only like three days. Yeah. And then it yeah. goes by so fast, and then you realize you have to go back home. Yeah. So, <laughs> It's like and here all we go the again. friends you made. Are like, yeah, exactly. Hey, no, nice to meet you. I know. <laughs> Never see you again. <laughs> Maybe next year if you come back. <laughs> two thousand ten. Yeah, man, that was so. We're in two thousand seventeen, and then obviously you had your brother. Yeah. You, you and your brother, you guys played music in Nicaragua. Yeah, totally. Did you? I remember you guys had the Royal Revolt. Yeah, we did. Okay, so. I had that for a couple of years. That was in Nicaragua, based in Nicaragua. Yeah, right? it started in Nicaragua, and then we did a lot of tours in the U.S. Okay, yeah, we did I remember like you guys California, came to Arizona, yeah. Ohio, you know, New York, Pennsylvania. Then eventually, the biggest tour we did was like four months. We ended in Pennsylvania. Then uh, my brother, you know, met his. Where's he at now? He's in LA now. This is Yasser. Yasser, yeah. So he stayed in Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, and then I kind of got picked up by an artist, I know mm. what I know, and then um, the bass player as well, who was the drummer, but then he played bass for her, and then we just did our first big, like, three-month tour, you know, with, like, a yeah, big artist. What's it? Can you, are you so, allowed to say the name? Or? Of her? Yeah. Yeah, Annette Moreno. Okay, so she's... Yeah, she's awesome. I okay, love her. So, and she's a... Shout out if you're listening. <laughs> but she, she'll be... Um, uh, she obviously goes on tour every year, or yeah, um, quite often. Okay, and so yeah. you, you're basically the su- supporting band. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's I'm her guitarist. Yeah, but I also play for different other different artists and stuff. And I saw you post some stuff about playing with uh, Hillsong LA. Or yeah, yeah. What, what is I play there Sunday nights. Sunday nights. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. I love all those guys. 
So you're playing for Firehouse Church, you're playing for the artists, and you're playing for Hillsong LA. Yeah. And what else? Anything else? Um, I do some of my own music whenever I have time, but um, just for a lot of different. Oh, I do a lot of different like recordings, mm-hmm. um, like studio work for surprisingly a lot of rappers. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a. Uh, I have a couple of producers I work with, and they're always hitting me up. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. Studio so work always good. Yeah. So. Um, so okay, so what's your what's your an ideal future, and you're doing this music stuff. Um, ideal future, um, probably still living in L.A., um, Pasadena. I want to live in <laughs> Old Town Pasadena. Yeah, you yeah. yeah. Um, still probably touring, you know, with a lot of artists, you know, and yeah. staying busy through the year. Also, still doing, you know, what I'm doing with, like, teaching the master class that I teach. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully finding a wife from Germany. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> or Italy. Um, hopefully. Nah, I'm just kidding. So, European. <laughs> yeah, European. European. I don't know why, man. Like, I've, I've dated a couple girls from Germany. Um, and they have been the only ones that have not turned out to be crazy. <laughs> yeah. What about challenges? Has it been hard? Like, um, let's say for example, and and we talk about being real. Yeah, of course. <laughs> what about uh, you're you're single? You're traveling. Um, are are young women like a temptation to like, like say you know like hi to you know, yeah totally in the romantic way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're dudes, so obviously like girls are always going to be a temptation you know especially like being in a piece being in a position of like you know a musician you're obviously like surrounded by a lot of people all the time and um going out with a girl or whatever you wanted to do could be so easy Mm -hmm. so that's the challenge of like Mm -hmm. how much self-control do i need to say no or like do you have any safeguards in place like people you like are accountable to yeah exactly and And if we're real, there was a time in my life a few, couple years ago where mm-hmm. I kind of got to my head and I was like really off of the church yeah, for a while. Yeah. And I went kind of crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. And at this moment, I was living in Nicaragua, but like I wasn't really speaking to my family. I was living mm-hmm. completely by myself. Okay. You know, I had my own house and like, and I was touring all the time and even with some non-Christian artists. So like my bandmates and stuff were not Christian so yeah. I was surrounded by a lot of bad influences and I had nobody to be accountable to yeah and I uh, got kind of out of control for a minute did some bad decisions but then um, it was still like kind of like when you're doing bad stuff but you still know that it's not right yeah <laughs> like in the back yeah. of your head you're like oh gosh like we're about to do a line of coke but like yeah God's watching yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, it was always that and then I remember it I was about to come to the U.S. I wasn't going to move to the U.S. I was only coming to visit because my mom was living here. Um, She's still living in L.A. Okay. Um, So I was going to go visit her. um, The week before I left, I did this huge house party, dude. (laughs) In Nicaragua. In Nicaragua. Check this out. So my neighbors thought we were drug dealers. Oh, my god. So they wouldn't say anything when we did house parties because, let me tell you why, My I had a motorcycle that didn't have a license plate. Um... (laughs) Uh, my roommate um, Checky who plays the drums he's all tatted up dude like to the max neck everything and uh, we travel to Colombia Bolivia for like wow. two weeks con- like once a month you know 
we'd uh, or or we'd disappear for like three months, and yeah. nobody's in the house, and then we'd come back and just throw parties when we got back. You know what I mean? Very so that was, yeah, for like a year and a half, that's all we did. You know, and um, this is when I I went off track. Yeah. So um, the week before, long story short, the week before I came back to you know to the U.S. to visit, I had just been out of control, and then I remember just going home. And being like, what the heck am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if and like, I literally felt something telling me, like, if you stay in Nicaragua the way you are, you're n- you're not gonna make it. Like, you are. Yeah. So I decided to like. I think it was like three days before mm-hmm. my trip. I was like, I'm gonna move to California. Mm. So I sold a lot of my stuff, and uh, kind of called my dad up, and I was like, Hey, can you take care of the house? You know. Um, gonna move to california i told my friends had a little goodbye thing and uh when i got here it was crazy because it was like sometimes the only way you can change is changing your atmosphere you know changing your surroundings changing the people helps. you're with yeah, yeah. so that's what i had to do and uh got back here and like you know and um i started going to church and i just kind of got my life back and your mom's going to work church She's going to um, Pastor Dennis Montgomery's church, Praise Chapel Tustin. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So you were going so, to Praise Chapel Tustin? No, actually, when I came, I started going to Fullerton. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So it was it was cool, man, and that's what I had to do, man. And then uh, to answer your question, I started getting a couple mentors mm-hmm, that I'm mm-hmm. accountable to, you know. Okay. So um, that's just what had to happen because it's really hard man when you're in the music industry and you're surrounded by people who are constantly like yeah it's a lifestyle you know, doing bad they, stuff they, they for you to be strong and say no you know yeah. like after this concert I'm gonna go to my hotel room well, you know okay, what I'm so saying kind of, though, right? kind of recap yeah yeah totally get it like I'm just trying to like a, bring it into like a um, storyline yeah uh, so you grew up in church yeah obviously pastor's kid and you're doing music and you get involved with all this crazy stuff and then it was, I guess we could say it was the Holy Spirit that kind of just spoke to you. Yeah. Woke you up and you were like, dude, I need to get some things in order. Yeah. So you go to California and, and uh, things shift into really, I guess, following Christ. Yeah. So growing up out there, um, like I was saying, um, people were very, very religious and very yeah. close-minded. And still are most places, like, mm-hmm. pants are from the devil, you know, for women to wear. Oh, yeah. You know, skinny jeans are from the devil. Skaters are from the devil. You know, um, long hair is from the devil, which pretty much described me because I was a skater. I was wearing long, you know, skinny jeans. I was I had long hair. You so know. did, like, your dad and kind of, like, I listened to rock this? music. Huh? Did you said your dad and your mom, did they allow this or not allow no, this? No, no, no. My parents were pretty cool about it because they came, you know, from an Ameri- okay. from America. Okay. So they were, my mom, you know, wore makeup and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the culture around us, all the churches were like, oh, you know, yeah. she's wearing makeup, you know. They would even call her a whore, like, because she's Whoa. like, yeah, because they're like, oh, she wears makeup, you know, they're from the devil and they brought a rap artist. That church is a cult, you know, and like, yeah, yeah, all man. these things, you know. Um, crazy story. I remember this one time my mom, because some of the first outreaches they would do was like going into the public buses and just preaching, you know. Yeah. And um, one of the ladies that then became the director of the orphanage was somebody who called my mom, uh, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, she was like, you're wearing makeup, how can you be like, 
preaching the gospel and then my mom was like what's wrong like let me pray for you and you know this lady had been raped and was um pregnant with a kid wow. who actually was the bass player in the royal revolt for a while crazy oh, wow. story okay. yeah so my mom kind of talked her out of like abortion and mm-hmm. like she accepted christ and then her family came to the church and you know everything so god i was always working through like yeah know, the obstacles and stuff and like yeah. turning things around and and stuff and the church was you know doing awesome but you know like um most of my friends even my missionary friends from school were out partying and stuff yeah, and like yeah. we weren't you especially know especially the baptist ones right <laughs> yeah especially yeah and the catholic ones too <laughs> so um for me it was a thing of like um obviously you know my parents got divorced when i was 11 Wow. You know, yeah. So um, after that happened, um, did you feel the weight of that though? Like, oh, totally, dude. Really? Okay. Yeah, man. Because there's also such like a, a facade that you have to keep up as a pastor's kid, or and, like, you feel and, you have to. Keep yeah, up. you feel you have to keep up. Yeah. But there's also an expectation from everyone at the church that you have to keep up. You know, like yeah. There's, there's like a there's like a standard like oh you're a pastor's kid. This is the way you have to live, you know. Yeah. So it is that. and uh, at least in Latin America, that's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, so after they got divorced and stuff, you know, that's a long story. But mm-hmm. um, um, it, it was just a hard transition because um, from living a certain way, we went to living a totally different way. You know, like, oh, yeah. I went with my mom, you know, and my I have a younger brother who's gonna be twelve. So my mom was pregnant with my younger brother mm-hmm, at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was just very tough transition. My older brother, Yasser, kind of, like, took the role of, like, the responsible, you know, like, kind of, like, the father figure in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad was still doing ministry and stuff. They were both just trying to figure out what was happening, my mom and my dad. Yeah, just trying to move yeah, forward. Yeah, just yeah, trying to, mess. yeah. You know, they they both, you know, had their, had their issues. I don't blame one or the other, I think. They both you know, had things that could have gone a better way. Yeah, yeah you know? of course. So, um, it's all in the past now, though, and they're both doing ministry, they're both restored, you know, they're both doing awesome things for the Lord, so I I admire both of them, you know, I look up to them both. But for you, like, like, um, like in the way, like, the areas that you felt like it was, like, in a way, you just felt like it sucked, right? Yeah, and that's what I was trying to get to, like, after that happened, and, um, I just, when I, I kind of moved out when I was, like, 13, bro, like, I just started to hang out, like, I got involved with, like, I resorted to music, pretty much. Okay. So, um, I got involved with this, like, hardcore band, mm-hmm. and, which is, everybody else was, like, 25, and I'm, like, 12, 13, you can go on YouTube <laughs> and see the videos, too, where what's, I'm, what like. What should they search? Huh? What, what's Look it? for Sangre Perpetua. Okay. Perpetual Blood. That's how hardcore Perpetual we were, blood. dude. <laughs> And uh, we um, we would only do underground shows because it was kind of illegal in Nicaragua because um, there was a rivalry between metalheads and hardcore kids. And at the shows, uh, they were, like, stabbing each other. And wow. like, it was legit hardcore, dude. So um, at one point, the only shows we could do were at this place called the Art Cafe that was, like, in this, like, dark corner of town. There was, like, no flyers. It was just, like, word-of-mouth oh, shows yeah. and, like... Yeah, and they would get shut down by the police, but um, 
we were actually a Christian band, so we were, like, preaching, like, after, like, okay. you know, and everything, and it was really cool. So at least yeah. the dudes were Christian. Were yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we'd do these shows, and then um, it, was, it was awesome. So I kind of resorted to that, and then started skating, and then... Um, so you were basically just trying to, like... Get my mind off of it. Shelter or escape from yeah. the whole situation. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. Do you ever feel like um, you got to the place where you felt, like, actually healed or we got like enough yeah i um not until well, like, i don't want to say heal because it makes it seem like something was completely broken but no, maybe no. like where people like you were able to get enough um i don't even want to use the word control but um you were able to understand enough to kind of position yourself better yeah like and did yeah, that happen yeah like, totally but it didn't happen until after um, okay because um what i was trying to get to also is um so I started with that, you know, with that stuff, and then kind of like slowly, because the, the, their divorce was long. It wasn't like... Okay, it was drawn like, out. Yeah, yeah, it was like, it took a few years for yeah. like the whole thing to be settled and the drama to be over. Mm-hmm. So during that time, after a few years, when I was like maybe 14, 15, is when I started kind of like moving away and like, yeah. you know, doing my own thing, and then made me grow up really fast, because I was not even home, I was like... Ah, leaving yeah, like I left like Thursday didn't come back till Monday just staying at my friends like you know just yeah kind of trying to be away yeah just trying to be away so kind of like um had to like just think to myself kind of like get over it you know in a way so you're forcing yourself to grow up yeah past it and yeah yeah, yeah exactly I have some friends who kind of felt like the same way in points in their life yeah. um I think it sucks period when your parents get divorced I think it's even a worse situation when your parents get divorced and they're in ministry. Yeah. Because it's like you have the context of um, divorce and then you have the pressure of the people. Yeah. That, that and the expectation also. Like yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like you were like, saying that. And like, oh my God, you know, they're pastors. They're, they should be sh- saints, you know, like how could they get a yeah. divorce? But like kind of we forget that they're real people just like everybody else and, too you know? and I think too what happened in that situation usually is people get really I don't want to say introvert but like self-centered yeah. so they're focused on um, protecting themselves yeah. rather than asking like the family yeah are they okay and the, yeah not just yeah. that but the worst thing is when people choose sides yeah after divorce everybody choose sides that happens so, um, that happens yeah so. I think that happens period with with people in ministry yeah, if something yeah. goes wrong. Yeah. Like, <laughs> people have to I choose sides. So much division in the church, unfortunately, yeah. you know. Individually, like in Nicaragua, yeah, we yeah. went through a lot of divisions in the church where really? like um and I think this happens in every church mm-hmm. where there's like maybe like your assistant pastor or Oh the church yeah. splits. Yeah, the church splits, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like somebody always is like oh I think, every pastor's kid yeah. has a story of that yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> oh yeah pastor you know I, I used to be a drunkard and, and you know you reached out to me and now I'm here in this position but I forgot about all that and I think I know more than you so I'm just gonna go ahead and do my own church and take 70% of the people with me cause yeah. I'm gonna tell them bad things about you <laughs> yeah I think that's the that's the, the ammunition is never um, how good that person is it's yeah. how bad the, the other person yeah. but you know what one thing I've learned and this is something that um, I can speak confidently on seeing so many like splits you know and stuff every single person that split the church is either not serving the Lord now 
or not doing really not doing anything. Yeah, I think it's, I think I, there's just no blessing that goes after like a division like that. I feel. I think it, it's not it's not just the case of division. I think it's the case of people wanting to be right. Yeah, like it's their their whole the pride it's, thing. It's the pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the pride. We're talking about that they're, earlier. They're um they're they're holding on to wanting to be right. Yeah. So they like battle and fight and. It's that's their goal to be yeah, right, like stubborn. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know, in a way, man. Like I think that's one of the things that um, I think pastors' kids can really learn from, is um, not letting your ministry uh, become your identity. Yeah, and that's also the problem when we say it's my church or yeah, we yeah. stop we stop uh, remembering that we sh- we're just a body, but the church is a whole. Like, what are we doing to build the church? Or are we yeah, just even, working to build our church? And even, you know what I'm saying? Say even ministry, like, period. Like, so say, like, um, you're doing music. Yeah. And, like, um, obviously, some of the art you create is your art. Yeah. But it's also, like, but you create it. At least this is from, like, what I remember in, like, creating music. And I was at, I was creating it for a bigger picture. Yeah. Like, for not only other people to enjoy, but other people to be encouraged, other Christians to, like, grow. Like a message, yeah. Yeah, and even non-Christians to understand just, you know, the love of Jesus. So I think that context has helped me a lot in ministry. And I don't know if, like, you have the same perspective. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. doing things with a purpose. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, not yeah, just totally. doing it to own it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's where the mm. people, like, that really want to just own something and, like, mm-hmm. make it theirs and... I think that's where it goes wrong. Yeah. But yeah, man. Okay, so I think we can close it up. Let me let me ask this. Yeah. If they want information on like um, some of the projects you're working with, is there any like website or yes, sir. anything they could check I, out? Um, I have a couple websites. Okay, you yeah, can, give us your You can look up baruchsanchez.com. Okay, that's perfect. Which is, you know, B-A-R-U-C-H Sanchez.com and that's um, just my music website. So that kind of like um, talks about my future events, where I'm going to be at, like tour dates or um, bio pictures and stuff like that. But I also have one called loveambushmissions.com, which is focused on Nicaragua and the mission work that we do out there. Awesome. So that's okay. more focused on like the mission side because I like to take teams to do like concerts and outreaches and stuff like that. Can people um, give... Like towards the work there, yeah. Like there's that a website? donate button there. Awesome. Okay. So that goes directly to the nonprofit that we have set up out there. Okay. For it or whatever. And you're needed. on you're on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. Yeah. What's your handle? Baruch Sanchez. Bruce at Bruce. No, yeah, at Bruce Sanchez. Sanchez. Okay. But yeah, this has been um this has been good. It's uh this is Gabriel Manchaca. I'm here with Baruch Sanchez and we're having a good time and we'll be back on later. All right. Please like, share, and subscribe, and send any questions you have to Gabriel at Praise Chapel Europe.